0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West, and we hope you had a fantastic Christmas. I hope you got everything that you needed. And uh, Glenn and myself are still, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you if you're listening, we're still not in the home base, but that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're making do with, uh, with where we're going, but Glenn, I hope you had a great Christmas, man. it some great time with family and friends.
3: Yeah, it was a good holiday. Um, still down here in new Orleans, leave for Tampa tomorrow. Um, so Friday is when we leave for Tampa and we'll be down there for the next few days and certainly for the bowl game on the first and fly back on the second and should be back in Baton Rouge shortly thereafter. So, uh, uh, but it's been fun getting some time here in New Orleans, but uh, certainly can't avoid the news cycle that LSU always seems to provide during the holiday season.
2: Man, I, I think it was I had gotten home from a Christmas party and we saw the news that Deuce Chestnut entered the portal and you know we, we put that together. And then obviously some of the biggest news, Glenn, that, you know, we kind of felt like that was. I don't want to say it was going to happen with Chestnut but it's it was likely like it makes sense of why Chestnut decides to look elsewhere. But some of the biggest news, Zelance Hurd does not travel to Tampa. The former five-star offensive tackle, a prized recruit in that 2023 cycle, Glenn, you know, Let's just kind of start with, because I think we could get into a lot of the hypotheticals of maybe why herd is not traveling. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, does this mean he's entering the transfer portal? Just your overall thoughts when uh, this news came across uh, your phone or, or whenever it did.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, so we were texting back and forth with Sonny, who's a little bit under the weather right now, and he had kind of heard about this um, you know, a day or so ago, even before the news had broken, and we were trying... It sourced and uh, see if that was in, in fact the case and um, yeah I mean look you know, Shea Dixon reported it um, very reliable and we we kind of confirmed it ourselves as well and Zelance uh, heard did not travel with the team and I think it's important mm-hmm. to lay some foundation some groundwork here of kind of uh, the developments of all this we were at practice last week two times we got to watch about forty five minutes of practice uh, on both days. Um, Lance Hurd was out there. He was out there practicing. He was yeah. rotating in with the first team. He was getting some first team reps at tackle, um, you know, w- working his way around doing things with the offensive line seemed pretty engaged. Um, and, and, and really that that mm-hmm. offensive line room has been really highly publicized and talked about the last a week or so because of the additions that they've made, whether it was Ethan Cole, uh, Cohen Echols, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of adding that sixth offensive lineman into 2024 class. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got a, a really a deep well of, of, of bodies that you're going to be able to throw out there, you know, next year. Um, but they also have some really great depth, obviously, for this year and, and with that starting five and that continuity that's been returning. And so, um, you know, I, I think it was, Um, you know that you look at the future of a lot of the positions on the roster and I would probably put offensive line number one just in terms of bodies in terms of talent and obviously the development capabilities that Brad Davis has shown he's been able to do uh, in his short time here Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah I I think that there was a lot of positive momentum trending for this offensive line Uh, and then this kind of hits you it kind of kind of comes at you hard I mean this is this is a very big time player. I mean, there's, there's a reason he played in 12 games. There's a reason he started that one game where Emory Jones was down uh, at right tackle. I mean, he is a five-star future All-American candidate, as far as I'm concerned. He's got that kind of talent, that kind of potential. Um, And, and, you know, look, for his true freshman season, he was just behind two other guys who were going to be future first second round picks i mean will campbell could very well be a top 10 to 15 pick next year uh or, or i should say in 2025 i mean we're, we're kind of projecting way out here but um yeah. you know, he, he he's he's a guy that i think you've got first round late on right now and he's your left tackle and so you know if you're the lance and you look at this and you're like well look i played 12 games i did a really nice job and uh if there's a you know, a sniff that maybe this could be the role for me again next year, um, then maybe that's a conversation you have, obviously, with your own people and certainly with, with, uh, with, with coaching staff and with Brian Kelly. And I think that's kind of what they're doing right now. You know, we've obviously mm-hmm. – he's not entered the portal yet. Um, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that in a little bit. But um, at least the, the, the trend seems to maybe be leaning that way right now. Um, but there, and there's a number of factors, which we'll get into here, but, uh, certainly it's, 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 it's something where I think it's, it's salvageable if LSU wants to go that route as well. But, you know, we'll get into some of the more of the details of kind of what we know and where this is trending. But I do think that, um, you know, this, this is, this is significant news. I mean, this is a a, a potential pillar foundational piece for your offense going forward. Um, and you know, there's, there's a real, Threat possibility that, you know, this could be his last year here. So, uh, you've got to do whatever you can to keep retention. And that's something that Brian Kelly has preached really going back to the middle of the regular season is a big part of this offseason is always going to be about retaining players. And so, if you lose one of your mm-hmm. more, yeah, you know, crucial foundational young pieces, that's that's certainly a blow that you're going to have to kind of withstand. But I think if there's one group that can do it, it's the offensive line. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the way the
2: bread. Yeah, well, with the way Brad Davis ha- has recruited so aggressively, you know, over the past two years, I believe there was five offensive linemen last year, six in this class. Uh, that's not counting. You know, I know it wasn't a pivotal, you know, role, but adding in Mason Lunsford to the portal, so you really could say six and six. You know, for the past two cycles, what you brought in through the high school and transfer portal. Uh, I mean, Glenn, you we mentioned retention. I, I think that we get the feeling too that this is a staff that understands where they are in the flow of college football with with the transfer portal, with NIL uh, demands, with NIL opportunities, with other programs, understanding that if you're going to recruit at such a high level like Brad Davis has at LSU, other schools, agents are going to come calling to the talented guys that may not see that clear path to playing time. And so, you know, kind of painting this hypothetical, you and I have been talking about this all season long. I, mean, I remember we we sat down in that Nashville hotel room and you know sat on the edge of the bed and, and podcasted about this. You know, if Zalance Hurd was going to play, it felt like the natural move was going to be Emory Jones sliding into guard and and Hurd starting at tackle. They experimented with that. I think that it's something just for me personally, and and I think I think you kind of agree with this. They didn't want to tinker too much with what was working. Uh, within the interior of the veteran veteran guys they had there, so and it just really didn't I don't think go as smooth as they thought it would that transition. So, look, I mean, you roll into next year, you have Will Campbell, which you know we're not going to put words in 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 a kid's mouth here, or you know get too far ahead of the horse here. I mean, Will Campbell is a prime example of a guy that's going to spend one more year on campus and be a top fifteen, top twenty draft pick, uh, just with the way that he plays. Jones, maybe he is a guy that comes off the board, you know, next year too. I think this, is, for me, is the difference between if Hurd is willing to stay and grow one more year. We see this a lot, and I saw this, you know, on our message board and completely agreed with it. Maybe herd becomes that guy they slotted at left tackle in twenty twenty five. The problem is, you're talking about a full year where a kid feels like he's not going to get a real shot to play, and with the talent that he has with the desperation, the needs of other programs needing high-level talent like that, other schools are going to come calling. And so that's kind of where I sit with this is this would be a big loss, but I think this is why we have seen Kelly and them be so aggressive in the high school ranks to say we're going to stock the cupboard. Uh, You know, Sonny and I talked about this the other day on our recruiting podcast. Offensive line was a laughing stock, you know, with the depth that you had at LSU in, in previous seasons. They're stocking the cupboard for potential opportunities like this. I'm not saying the blow of losing him if it does happen would uh, just be one you overlook by any means. But you got to prepare for these type of opportunities. I, that's where I sit with it and then I'll add this. You know, you mentioned some of the potential factors in this. I'll just say this, uh, you know, for as much as we can you know say with this situation. Brian Kelly and Brad Davis, in my opinion, are not going to be uh, have their arm their arm twisted into a situation to guarantee playing time for anyone Uh, that we've seen that, uh, you know, throughout Kelly's tenure at LSU. So that's where I feel like we all kind of feel like it could be coming to a head of where you could see this kid into the portal. If he doesn't hear the things he wants to, Uh, you know, a lot of people think, the stance of not traveling is is a threat, uh, you know, to enter the portal. I mean, that happens all across the country. That's not just specific to to Zalant's herd here. So that's kind of where I feel like the situation is, not trying yeah. to mitigate what would be a loss of herd if he decides to enter, but that's why they've been stocking this cupboard for the past two years, and they can turn and say, okay, like that's why they went and got a guy like Cohen Eccles, because now you can develop that guy. Uh, you know, now we know why they said there's here's a green light. Not because they thought herd might enter the portal, but because you always have to be wary of situations that could arise like this.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's a couple things to tackle here. I think that the, the, the big thing for me here um, and something that I wrote as a part of the story yesterday is what could be kind of the factors that are playing into this is, um, going back to his days as a recruit, he was very, very confident in his ability to be a future left tackle. I mean, he, mm. he sees that as his position of the future. He thinks that's going to be where he's going to play uh, in college and in the NFL. Uh, and you mentioned it there a little bit, but you've got an all American and will Campbell, who's going to be here for obviously next year. And we'll see kind of what happens with his future. But yeah, I think everybody expects yeah. that he'll be a first round pick after next year. But um. So that is, you know, that it's a, that's an extra year here where you kind of have to, if you're Lance Hurd, be patient. And there are, uh, you know, there are a lot of great examples of guys who are being patient and guys who are waiting their turn and uh, developing along the way. I mean, you look last night, classic example, Miller Moss, quarterback for USC, has been waiting for two years, over two years behind Caleb Williams, who was in his same, uh, I believe he was in his same recruiting class out at of a, at a high I school. I Trent transfers in gets two years to start. Miller Moss is kind of ba- buried in the depth chart. What's he do yesterday? He goes out and he throws six touchdowns against AM and a bowl game win. So um, it yeah. looks like he'd be their future at quarterback spot. And Garrett Nussmeyer, another example here at LSU, waited three years. He's going to get his opportunity to start. We'll see what he does with it. But, you know, the, your your opportunity comes for those who wait, and I think that's kind of the the big over glaring thing here is um, how much is Heard, you know willing to wait? How much is he willing to um, you know develop under Brad Davis and continue to build his own game in that way? Um, and if 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 somebody comes at him and throws a big bag at him and is going to promise him the left tackle spot next year, okay, well uh, there's nothing really you could do about that if you're LSU. I think the well is pretty. Mm-hmm. It's not dry if you lose the Lance hurt. And, um, you know, it's, it's a significant loss. I'm not going to say it's not a significant loss because it certainly is. Uh, you don't ever want players who are from Louisiana, who are five stars who have seemed to have all the talent in the world, because I do think that Lance hurt is going to go wherever he goes and whether it's at LSU or somewhere else next year. Uh, and he's going to have an impact on that program and he's going to play well yeah. and he's going to be a really good player for the future. Um, so I think these are just some of the things that he's kind of weighing in his head right now, which is why maybe he didn't make the trip. Um, you know, we'll see kind of where it leads. I mean, we've, you know, I think maybe we've talked about this a little bit uh, too much now, but like, there's, 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 there's reason for to see both sides of this as you know, LSU maybe comes back from the bowl game and is able to talk him into staying. And then there's, They're also the very real possibility that this guy could be in in the portal and in in a uniform next year as well. So it's one of those things we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, But, you know, certainly I think LSU will be okay if if they do lose him. And certainly they will welcome him back with open arms if they are uh, if they do convince him to stay and kind of have a, a plan mapped out for him going forward.
2: A situation to monitor. That's the way that you put yeah. it uh, on our board. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, hey, we provide an update where we could feel like it might be trending. But, look, this stuff can change so quickly. But I do agree with your point there, you know, just about uh, – and it kind of follows what I was saying, too. Like, the staff's arm's not going to be twisted. You're not going to see Will Campbell take a back seat. That kid's an NFL player. You're not going to see Emory Jones maybe take a back seat. I mean, it's just All-American type of play you have at both tackle positions. And uh, it's, you know, look, it's a product have- – it's a product of recruiting so well. And that's something fans should be happy about.
3: Yeah. And look, taking another off season here to maybe develop Emery as an inside guy. I mean, like if, if that is the route that they want to go and if that is the future mm-hmm. that we kind of see in our heads, I know it was something that I kind of envisioned was that, you know, once a couple of these starters start, you know, going on to the next level is maybe sliding right. Jones in to guard and, and certainly uh, hard at tackle. Um, look, one year at right tackle and one year at left tackle. And I still think that, you know, if you're as Lance Hurd coming out of 2025, you're still sitting pretty good about just where you're at as yeah. a player um, and just kind of your future potential there. And if anything, it shows that you're versatile, you know, that you can go in and mm-hmm. you can play a number of different positions at the next level. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors here to consider. And I, and I think that that's kind of where we're at right now and um, probably too early to pull the trigger one way or the other, where he's, thinking but um you know there's certainly a lot of a lot of different factors and possibilities that could come out of this
2: yeah just painting the full picture uh we talk about that the reason they're going down in tampa is, is for that bowl game glenn you know we we, we have to talk oh, about yeah. this a little bit because this is a matchup that i think provides some intrigue yes Jaden daniels is not playing yes braylon allen the star running back for Wisconsin, is not going to be playing But one of the big factors, and, you know, we don't have to dive into a 40-minute episode about this game. Um, I would say, you know, look, a lot of people feel like bowl games are meaningless. I've watched a decent amount of the bowl games. They've been a ton of fun to watch. You mentioned right there USC's quarterback proving his chance. I wrote about it yesterday for the defense. I think overall for LSU, this is a chance for some guys that didn't get an opportunity this year. Obviously, is the biggest example to prove that they can use this as a launching pad for next year. Glenn, I remember my first day, you know, on the job with you guys. We talked about in that podcast. Wow, Malik Neighbors had a heck of a game against Purdue. Could that be the launching pad for a big 2023 season? And it was. Uh, look, that's going to be hard to match. But you know, this game in a whole, you're going to be facing if you're LSU a stingy, tough, hard-nosed Wisconsin defense that I think is going to give Garrett Nessmeyer some looks. And I always caution people, too. Any Big Ten, ACC, Big 12 team faces off against an SEC school in a bowl game, you're going to get 110% from them. They, they want to see that SEC bowl record, uh, you know, under 500. So I think this has the potential to be a uh, you know a good test for LSU with, look, some faces that might not be here next year, i.e. Malik neighbors, i.e. Brian Thomas, all that kind of stuff. But honestly, when we kind of sit here with this conversation, I don't know, man. It's uh I think it's going to be a fun matchup. I know you're going to be down there. You're going to get the full, the full coverage of it. Your kind of thoughts on what LSU maybe has a chance to prove and things you're going to be watching for in this game.
0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity, I think, for the future of this program to really see kind of, you know, what what some of these guys look like that you got coming up the the pike. I mean, obviously starting with Garrett Nussmeyer, um you know he's he's going to be facing one of the better defenses i think lsu has seen this year um i don't know the exact situation of a lot of these wisconsin players on the defensive side of the ball in terms of opt-outs for the bowl game but it does sound like wisconsin has a little bit more of an issue of the opt-outs and and all that stuff than lsu maybe does because as you mentioned lsu's traveling with pretty much their entire offense and like yeah. you know, Jaden daniels is going to be there and he's not you know going to play but he's going to be there he's going to be you know an emotional support for you know guys like neighbors and thomas and and certainly nussmeyer who's back there playing um but you know look bt's gonna play malik's neighbors is gonna play uh kyron lacy mason taylor logan diggs josh williams all your all your big guns from this year they're all going to be playing in this game and and giving nussmeyer that opportunity to go out there and flourish in his first career start and you know, Nuss Meyer's been able to work with these guys throughout the course of the last couple of years as well, and he's, uh, I'm sure, gotten a lot of reps with them. Uh, now he gets to do it as a starter. And I think probably the biggest thing that I took away from Nuss when we spoke with him last week is that he really has a different approach uh, in terms of mindset on this because uh, he, he's allowed to go out there and he's allowed to make mistakes during practice and correct them and re rehash them during practice and make sure that you get this route just right. Whereas he was, yeah. whereas, you know, kind of as a backup, you know, you go in there and you get extra reps for, for yourself and for your other guys, but you don't necessarily have that extra time that maybe a Jaden Daniels would have had uh, during the regular season to get stuff right for, for game planning and whatnot. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that has been the biggest change I think for him uh, is, is, is being able to go out there and have all those reps to, to 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 kind of learn and create and 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 certainly add his own flair to this offense and i'll be very interested to see what it looks like uh, from an offensive perspective you know it's going to look a little differently and darren spire on the wheels that Jaden daniels has and uh, they're going to rely certainly i think on the on his passing ability downfield you know i think you'll see a lot of the 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 little screen routes, the little rub routes they do for for their players to kind of get things going. And, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of motion pre snap motion with guys like Malik neighbors, make sure that they're getting open. And um, so I think from a passing perspective, it will look very similar Um, from a running perspective. I would love to see them get the backs more involved. Um, You know, look, the, in the games that LSU lost this year, like the Alabama's and the Florida States in particular, Um, you were not able to get the running backs involved as much as you probably would have hoped. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not saying Wisconsin is Alabama or uh, or Florida State. I mean, those those are two elite teams that LSU faced this year. Um, but you would like to see them, you know, establish the run game with Logan Diggs, with Josh Williams, with Caleb Jackson, who I wrote about today, and our three players to watch. Uh, you know, kind of opinion piece that we do, uh, before every game. I I think Caleb Jackson's got a a really, really great opportunity ahead of him, um, to to kind of be, uh, you know, more of a focal point of the offense going into next year. You know, we'll see what happens with Diggs and Josh Williams, you know, if those guys return, but on the, you know, on the chance they don't return, um, I think Caleb Jackson steps in as your number one guy next year and it's not really particularly yeah. close. And so you, you've got to see what you have in him, see how he's developed throughout the course of the year. Um, and I think he, he, he can do some really special things for you this game. And um, You know, I've kind of been rambling about the offense for a little bit. Would like to get your thoughts maybe on the defense and I'll pitch in with some defense stuff as well, but um, just, just kind of what are your thoughts maybe on how this, this defense can look uh, going into this game uh, with, with most of their guys kind of healthy and playing.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I was able to write about this yesterday in the thoughts that Greg Penn put together. You know, I think first off, you know, I, I asked Greg this and I think you were next to me on the field in, in Tuscaloosa about the communication. And he mentioned it about seven or eight times in that post-game interview on the field against Alabama. And it's just been something that's plagued this group all season long. Uh, you know, I don't think that you're going to find a magic recipe, whether it's scheme, whether it's personnel, that's gonna have to be fixed in 2024. Like that's gonna be have something that gets fixed in spring ball. <clears throat> and then obviously the spring game, you get to get see some live action of that, and, and then you get into next year. But for these guys, like I get the feeling, and and I'll say this I mean, look, as a journalist, you you can't have a root, you can't root for players necessarily. I genuinely cover I genuinely enjoy covering and interviewing Greg Penn. Just the way he handles himself, the responsibility it feels like he's taken upon himself uh, as one of the leaders of that defense. You know, going into next year to make sure they get this right. So, what can this bowl game provide? Look, you're facing a veteran quarterback in Tanner Mordecai, uh, Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Is a guy who's been known to get creative, you know, he was in North Carolina. This is his first year at Wisconsin. He's coached some really, really good quarterbacks, uh, you know, and Sam Howell, who's in Washington, Drake May, who's probably going to be a top five pick this year. Uh, you look, and Tanner Mordecai is a veteran quarterback. He's played a lot of ball. Wisconsin's going to have to score points to win this football game. And obviously that's, you know, <laughs> we know that, but, you know, with the way LSU can move the ball, you, you know, that you know, Wisconsin sees this challenge as a defense that has struggled. They see it as a group that has been susceptible, susceptible to the pass. Uh, Mordecai's a guy that can get the ball out quickly. You know, watching some of his tape this year, he was injured, came back towards the back end of the season. You know, he's you know, these bowl games are so interesting, Glenn, because you get a full month to prepare. So what are the differences when LSU's not into the week to week grind defensively? Does that allow them to get, you know, get rest uh, for a guy like Makai Wingo, which I still cannot yeah. believe he told us he had an abdominal surgery, and then just said, "Yeah, it's cool. It's not that bad." He described it, and I think about four or five media members were like, "Yeah, we're not coming back for that for at least four or five months. Like that's not happening." So, yeah, Wilson Alexander you
3: know, the advocate looked like he was about to get pretty sick uh, doing that. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't go describe this injury. Wilson's <laughs> face was pretty. It uh, was pretty. It uh, was pretty funny to watch as he was describing that. But yeah, <laughs> go on. Sorry, didn't mean to cut yeah. you off.
2: No, no, because that's a very good point that needs to be made in the podcast. Uh, but, you know, I think like when you look at this defense, getting a guy like having a guy like Makai Wingo say, I want to play when whether or not he's going to come back next year could various to say, you know what? I want to rest my body. I'll go down there and participate in the activities, but I'm not going to put my body on the line. Like whether or not this kid comes back for another year at LSU, it speaks volumes about how I think these guys want to send out the guys who are not coming back in this 2023 season. There's a bad taste in their mouths. Like for the fans that get frustrated about this, I'm telling you, there's no one that feels worse than the players about the way the defense has played this year. So look, I mean, it's going to be a lot of young faces. You're going to have guys like, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what Toviano looks like, you know, in these matchups. Uh, I think this is a proving ground and a kind of rubber meets the road for several guys, not Tobiano, but who have been in the program and need to figure out what their role is. The biggest one for me, Glenn, is a guy like, you know, Jordan Allen, the back end, has been in the program for two years. It's kind of now or never for him to say, okay, do I have a spot here? Can I use this as a launching pad into winter workouts and spring football and really have myself on the radar, not out of necessity, but of hey, I can be a piece for this defense. You know, you, we talk about portal additions, you know, Gilbert coming in, but I can be a piece for you that can contribute at a high level. So, you know, I'm excited to watch those battles and watch some guys that we didn't see a lot of in the regular season. How do they prove themselves? Because, look, I, I don't think that you're going to find Genie in a bottle here by any means and, and have a defense that just gives up six points. But but I do think that there can be things that can be taken away from a bowl game, I, I'll say this: I don't think bowl games are meaningless because I think for a program like LSU that's still trying to build up to being in that next tier, you need games like this for the proving ground for young, unproven players to sit there and say, "Hey, I can be a piece." So, you know, guys like Jordan Allen at the linebacker position, Greg Penn mentioned, I got and you wrote about it kind of in your little your piece, Whit Weeks. It's a guy that we didn't see, you know, over the course of the you know really uh, the the heart and the meat of the season. Can weeks, you know, take the jump from, you know, athletic sideline, sideline guy to an SEC linebacker that understands the flow and the speed of the game? Uh, That's going to be something else to watch. And, you know, I'll be remiss if I don't, you know, talk about the front seven. I'm excited to see a guy like Deshaun Womack that I think is going to be poised for a massive season in 2024, and I think he will have to be if LSU, you know, is going to be at the tops of the SEC if that's what they are going to accomplish. I think Womack is a guy that could use this game of maybe he has you know a sack and two tackles for loss or a, you know a big strip sack or a, you know fumble recovery those type of momentum shifting things, like it's not only within the game, but for the bowl game, it just carries over. So those are a couple of the things that I think uh, your thoughts on the defensive side of the football.
3: Yeah. I think you bring up some good points. You know, Jordan Allen is certainly one I'll be watching, but you know, the, the, the one guy in the secondary that I think is, you know, I don't want to say lost in the shuffle or anything like that, but just one guy that keep a close eye on is Sage Ryan. I mean, this was a guy who started a lot for you at cornerback. He's, obviously been a a big part of your safety uh, room and nickel for the most part your last couple of years, um, you know, flirted with entering the portal. LSU talked him back and and got him uh, back into the program. Um, It was interesting that, you know, the first, really the first team in both days of practice that we saw last year at corner or last week at corner was, Uh, Toviano on one side and Ashton Stamps on the other Uh, and Sage Ryan rotated in with those guys and and had a couple first team reps as well. But um, I think there's going to be much more of a rotation there in this game as they kind of hash out what the future looks like for that secondary. I mean, they're bringing in a litany of guys. They're bringing in a bunch of corners out of the, the freshman class. Wouldn't be surprised if you see LSU continue to be aggressive in the portal and trying to add a corner, uh, you know, a a veteran corner. You've got obviously J.K. Johnson who's working his way back. That's another guy that I think you could probably throw in. Mm -hmm. uh, Does he get any kind of reps or anything like that over the next week before – uh, this game. I don't think, I don't expect him to play. It, it looked like he was still doing some, uh, you know, some, some, some uh, conditioning stuff off Rehab the side. Yeah. week can practice. Yeah. So, um, but, but JK is certainly one going into spring ball that I'm going to be very interested to see. Um, uh, And then, you know, obviously the, the, you know, what, 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 the, what that means for the safety room. I mean, the safety depth is a little bit more up in the air in terms of like, okay, is major burns going to be back? You're obviously losing Andre Sam mm. who were, two big components to uh, what you had last year at safety. And so I think based off of those decisions, you can decide whether or not Toviano is a better fit at safety, whether Sage Ryan's a better fit back there at safety. You can, can kind of shuffle some pieces uh, knowing you have some really, uh, some cornerback depth coming your way uh, by, and, and by, by, by the freshman class here. So, that'll be very interesting to watch how that kind of unfolds. And a lot of these guys will be able to use this game as a springboard and a spring ball, like you said. Um, You know, up front, you mentioned Deshaun Womack. I'll throw out another freshman for you. Um, Jackson Howard um, is another guy who's at that jack spot, who's been playing that jack spot behind Braden Swinson, behind Ovi Gofu, behind Deshaun Womack. That's a pretty deep room. I mean, like in terms of guys that are playing ahead of him right now, now and I'll be very interested to see kind of maybe if he isn't used more as a defensive end going forward. Maybe they get him reps, you know, kind of sitting down and getting his hand in the ground kind of kind of performance. You know, he sees two hundred and forty, fifty pounds maybe. Um I think he can come off the edge for you on either side of the ball and make an impact. Um and and he's somebody that I think LSU absolutely needs to hold on to for next year because you're going to have Womack, I think, leading the charge at one of those spots. But on the other side, you know, you've got Savion Jones and you've got Parrishand and mm-hmm. a couple of veterans coming back. But I'd love to see Jackson Howard, you know, kind of wiggle his way into this rotation uh, at some point next year. This could be an opportunity for him to go out there and play well. And uh, you know, he played the last couple of games of the season to preserve his red shirt, but you know he had some flashes there i thought against a and m and against uh the the, the i can't remember where they played the second the last game of the year now it's been so long uh but you know georgia, they, state. georgia state uh yeah. yeah uh so you know there there's some there's some good opportunities there i think for for some young guys and that's that's really i think what this game's gonna boil down to is which young guys really pop, which one, which young guys really, you know, outside of the veterans you're going to be getting back next year into the fold, really kind of establish themselves and give themselves a, some, some good, some good momentum and confidence going into next year. And I, I think that those are just a couple names that I'll be looking at and um, maybe throw in uh, West weeks as well. I mean, he's, he's somebody that's been yeah. really good on spe- special teams you know, the last couple of years. He's a, he's a thumper. He's a big tackler, just like his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with you losing Omar Spates next year, you're going to have you know Penn and the Weeks brothers pretty much as your your main inside linebacker rotation. I think so. That'll be very interesting to see how those kind of guys uh, you know develop and and how they look in this game.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Obviously, a fun. Little uh, weekend in Tampa for Glenn. Make sure you stay tuned to go twenty four seven for all the latest content because we've got a lot of stuff rolling. Remember, the portal's not done yet. Uh, LSU, you know, obviously we think would still like to add, you know, some pieces through the portal. We've got bowl game prep, we've got recruiting, and the whole nine yards with the staff. We hope Sonny gets better. And Glenn, you walked yourself into this one, so I'm going to let the fans know. You mentioned the name Paris Shand, and uh, for the folks that don't know, at the Cho- oh, no. shopping with children event. Parishand said that he could work Glenn West in basketball. So if you want to see it happen, hit up Parishand on Twitter. Maybe we get a little charity action. Uh, Glenn West one on one against Parishand in basketball. And uh, that'd be a lot of fun. But no, <laughs> that was a great conversation. Great event, by the way. Uh, out in the community, we got to see Aaron Anderson dressed up as an elf. Uh, you know, multiple guys just enjoying the the holiday season. We hope you enjoyed it as well. But he's Glenn West. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Go Twenty Four Seven podcast. If we don't catch you before the New Year, we hope you have a fantastic New Year. And not a better time to ring in the New Year than that sixty percent off holiday deal here at Go Twenty Four Seven. Get loaded up for twenty twenty four. We'd love to have you aboard uh, with us. And I think Glenn. I was looking at some type of countdown. We're getting super close for baseball season. Do you have that days? Do you have the countdown days yet?
3: So I don't know when exactly they start practice. That's always my favorite day. It's the first day of practice when they open things up for the media. Um, their first game, I believe, is on February the 16th. They play uh, VMI. Okay. Don't know who VMI is. I'll have to do some research on VMI. The Kedeps, uh, uh, Virginia
2: Military Institute. Don't know why I know that. Okay. Okay. All right. Good job. (laughs) Good job, Bryce. I didn't know that one. But yeah,
3: that that I mean that that starts off their 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 season on February 16th. So it's right around the corner.
2: Awesome. Should be fun. Stay tuned to Go 24-7 for the latest coverage, and we'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast. You can now relive the best
0: moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7.